Welcome to another episode of Tell Me This. For our new listeners, this is a podcast about all things belonging, community, connection, collaboration, and holding space for what is possible. Over the life of this pod, we've explored research and scholarship on or related to belonging, shared stories, listened and engaged with diverse individuals about belonging during the pandemic as parents, leaders, human beings who show up for all the things. This season, we are journeying into belonging in our relationships, friends, spouses, coworkers, neighbors, you name it, we're exploring it. (laughs) And I, we really, I should say, Brianne, we are thrilled to welcome first time guest, uh, Dr. Christine Mahady to the, to the program. So welcome, Christine. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And Brianne, it's good to see you as always. Yes. Likewise. All right. So just to get us started, I'd love to do just a little intro of Dr. Mahady. She is the program director for the Ed Leadership Programs at Loyola University of Maryland. She is also assistant professor at the university, assistant teaching professor at, at Loyola. She has an eclectic background, holding a bachelor's degree in music from Seton Hall, uh, where she also earned a K-12 teaching certificate. She has a master's degree in music education from the Boston Conservatory, which helped lead to professional opportunities as an opera singer. While in Boston, she worked as a music educator and began to understand the importance of mental health and how it impacts education. At Propel Charter School in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, she worked as a creative arts leader, helping to open several campuses while completing a second master's degree in marriage and family therapy. From 2013 to 2018, she served as the principal of Greensburg Central Catholic Junior Senior High School. Her principal certification and doctorate in education and organizational leadership is from the University of Pennsylvania's Graduate School of Ed, in which her dissertation was focused on women college presidents. Her research interests include women's leadership, systems theory, emotional intelligence, and trauma-informed leadership. Dr. Mahady is also a licensed marriage and family therapist. Her private practice serves families and children. Her areas of expertise there are trauma and attachment. All right. I don't know how you have time even to be on this (laughs) podcast. Like, let's be honest. (laughs) I think that's the most diverse bio we've heard. 100%. Yeah. So I started, I started in music. Um, that was my background. I sang from a very young age. I could just sing opera, uh, as when I was a kid, I could just do it. Um, and I decided to include that in my bio because it is such a part of me. Um, Mm. and 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 how that connects to belonging, um, what music means to me, what it's meant to me through my early career. Yeah. Um, and then I think as I was able to to pivot in my career, um, which really was just taking opportunities. So I had n- not necessarily set out to become a principal of a school. Um, it's just as I was learning um, in the field, I think I'm a lifelong learner, um, and I just found a lot of interest in, especially, particularly when I was working um, in Boston, um, I had a fellowship um, to teach um, uh, kids with autism. Um, It was called the Autism Higher Education Foundation, um, and I was really starting to understand family systems and perspective um, 
uh, on how they're responding to their children with autism and how music can um, help mental health and impact mental health. Um, and then so when I was at Propel, I was still in that path. Um, and the marriage and family therapy degree, I think, really helped me even further my understanding of systems and trauma. And at that time, someone said, you might make a good principal. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. So, I, so as you can see, I kind of just took opportunities. Um, and it really is all focused around belonging. Yeah. Um, which it's is very right. cool. And and clearly you're a lifelong learner. Clearly. Yeah. yeah. Cle that that's evident. I have to ask before we jump into the the questions and curiosities around belonging from your perspective. How does one just know as a child that they can sing opera? Because I can tell you that <laughs> all the music I listened to, that wasn't really just like so. Can you just like really briefly give us that story? I'm just curious. <laughs> I wanted to sing. I knew I could. Mm. I mean, I just wanted to sing. And so my family, we were Catholic, so my family got me involved with the church. And I think I just like auditioned as like a 12 year old to like lead the church. Um, and then, um, yeah, there was a music teacher who heard me and said like, "You have an opera voice." And so I just mm. started with her uh, when I was 14. Started taking formal lessons, <laughs> and she just I don't know. I, I wow. took piano lessons as a kid and I come from a musical family. So the, yeah. my music skills, I had it, I could play the piano so I could learn the music and it was just putting the language to it. Um, cool. yeah. So, so cool. yeah. So, so cool. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh, I think it's fascinating. Yeah, yeah. for sure. So wow. yeah, that's the, um, the, I don't know. That's the progress. Yeah. Yeah. That's Absolutely. awesome. Well, I'm super excited about this conversation because I knew only really your Loyola bio. And um, this is really cool. So I'm excited to dig in a little bit more. Um, but like Carrie said, before we get into that, just to start with, how are you? How are you? How's your family? How are things going? Yeah, thank you. Everything is well. Um, specifically, my family's doing really well. Um, and I, I'm very proud of my family on both sides. Um, and um, professionally, it's my, I'm living my best life. So I, I have to say I'm doing very well besides being hectic and crazy busy very well. Good. Well, when you're busy doing the things that you love, then it feels a little better, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's exactly. Fantastic. That's really fantastic. So given all that you just said, the music, the opera, the, the marriage and family therapy, the systems theory, the trauma work, mm -hmm. I just can't wait to hear both how that informs your understanding of belonging and also what's your definition of belonging? Mm -hmm. I, you know, I've been reflecting on this question and to me, for me, there's a, uh, an experiential piece that I feel, um, like secure and I feel safe. Um, I feel safe to explore my environment. And for me, particularly the artist in me never has left. Um, mm -hmm. so the innovator, the creative type, and for me, I need a, I need a safe space to create and to innovate. Um, and so I, if I'm in a space where I can do those things, I, I particularly feel like I really belong. Um, and I also think in, in terms of relationships, um, the same thing that, you know, we're seeing whatever the professional dynamic or, uh, personal dynamic that we're seeing and hearing each other, um, and understanding that, security or I don't know, safe space, um, place to be yourself, be who you are, uh, full on emotions and all, whatever that looks like. Mm. So when you, I just want to dig in a little bit more to this idea of belonging. I love, I love the idea of, 
of how the music and your interest and love of music informs, right? Like you need that space of creativity is what I've, what I'm hearing. So what I heard most in there, Christine, was security. You said safe often and security. So is that when you offer a definition of belonging, is that sort of at the root for you? It is. Okay. It is. Yep. And it's how, it's how I would define my, um, if I were working therapeutically with someone, if I were working as with, as a mentor, teaching someone, I think across domains and my, my personal relationships, as well as my professional relationships. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for you, especially given the kind of work that you do, um, is there, is that word security, um, how, how, how do I want to ask this? I'm, I'm curious to know, are there certain markers for you of security or is security, I know it's both perceived, right? Like it's a perception. So like, what do you, what do you notice like shows up in across spaces where you're like, yes, this feels secure. Do you, are, do you, do you see commonalities in security? I, yeah, I do. <clears throat> I do. And I think when I, I do. So the commonalities I see are um, that you can fully be yourself and, you know, come to the table, um, you know, with your ideas and with your thoughts and you are embraced in kind of this community or in this relationship. Um, and to me, I think that's an indicator of belonging um, where you are, um, you, like I said, you can, I'll just say, be yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, there are some times, so I can give kind of an example of when, um, I feel most secure. Um, so right now working at Loyola, I feel like it's a perfect environment um, where, you know, there's attention to social justice, um, where I feel like I can innovate, um, where I can have shared um, interests with colleagues. I felt the same way at the University of Pennsylvania. Um, when I was singing in Boston, I felt like I was with a community of people who were doing the same things with shared interests. Um, I think when I fell out of touch was when I was like a weird kid singing opera and in a practice room, a lot of times, and my friends were going to football games, and I just didn't have time for that. Um, and so I do know what it feels like to kind of like want to connect, but really with with not shared interests or like when people just don't get you. Um, I do know what that feels like uh, because of my, like I said, my childhood mm-hmm. <laughs> in the arts. And I just being, I was so laser focused, I think, um, that not all kids were ready for something like that. Yeah. Thanks. Mm-hmm. So could you give us kind of a succinct definition of belonging? What do you think? Well, I think it's a a place or a relationship where you feel secure, where you okay. feel like you can be yourself, where you feel like you can um, discuss like interests, um, or if you don't have like interests, where you can still be heard and seen um, and feel like a part of something that might be bigger than you. Yeah. Thank you for putting that all together for me. Sure. Yeah. we lo- We love to like nail that down, Christine, because it's so interesting as we talk to different people in different profession and context, the, the, the language that people yeah. use to describe this and what I'm noticing. And I can't, Brianne, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't remember having a guest who really emphasized security. Right. Because I have safety and security sort of underlined in so I think that's a, yeah. I think that, I think maybe some people sort of that it was implied in their definition, but I love that mm. you named it. And I think that it makes sense being a trauma, like doing lots of trauma work, right. That there's a, that's, I don't know, that, that feels like a serious like security, right. There's different levels of security and that's um, 
critical. So I appreciated that articulation, Christina. Sure. And I could also give an example. So I think when it's, it's really similar. So what, if I could give a, another theme, I guess, to my definition here and from born out of my experiences are when you're singing with somebody or you're performing with someone, you are speaking a, a whole other language and you're communicating in ways that other people uh, typically is you're not doing it through speech. You're not doing it through, you know, uh, linguistics you're it's a form of linguistics but you're doing it through an experience and through um, an emotional connection that's really feels much bigger than um you know creating safe space in a therapy room or creating it when you're working with a student or even in your relationships it's a whole other world really of communication and safety and belonging um and to me what i would always you know talk about with my music students is like with you the, the safer you feel um, the more you will be able to open up and really be able mm -hmm. to sing or express um, things that are deeper or bigger than you or interpret someone else's um, piece of music. So this is really um, this process of kind of, uh, you know, you sent the questions earlier um, and I was really reflecting on um, how all of this is really um I know that my background seems eclectic, but I think it all fits together around relationships and connection. Um, and I think there's something in there that you can't quite put your finger on that's really similar between the, the, between therapy and the arts. It's something, it's, it's expressive, it can be healing, it can be confrontational, conflictual, whatever that is, you do have to have a sense of safety yeah. um, to really open up and put yourself out there. Yeah. I keep coming to the word vulnerability. And I think when I see people performing specifically like vocally even more so than an instrument for some reason when i am I'm watching music um i'm always so in awe of the vulnerability of people who like it's just all there like and you can tell as a listener when you're in tune with those performers who are so present in every way with the message and the music and like their own instrument and just i to me, it's like the most vulnerable you could be, you know, putting that out there into the world with your air and your thoughts and your heart. So that's, yeah. that's what I keep coming to, back to. Yeah. And your body is really your instrument. So, right. you know, I don't really know what it's like to have another, like a violin or something like that to kind of be one with, cause you're one with your body. So you really are fully out there. It's fully you. So, yeah. yeah. And I would imagine there's a direct line there with safety and security and connection and right. Yes. And I find the more connected I am um, mm -hmm. to the people I'm performing with or singing with the kind of more you can do, the, the better it feels. Um, but that's not to say that you can't automatically find connection or belonging with someone who is very, very musical because you already have a, you, the connection is there that you already know how to speak the music, the, the language of music, and you can get together and just perform and everyone leaves. And it's like, you've known each other for years. Um, and then you leave and maybe never see each other again. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that really is at the root of my, my life. And I would say that musical background is at the root of how I, um, what, how I know what it feels like to form safety and connection with people and bringing community together. Hmm. I'm curious about the lines across. So I hear it in the music um, and I hear it in therapy. How about in your role as principal? So in, in kind of the leadership, where did you see it there? 
Sure, sure. So um, I was really focused on, I, I went to the University of Pennsylvania to study with Annie McKee um, for a reason. So her background was emotional intelligence. Um, and when I went to meet her, you know, we talked about this eclectic background that I had in music and in the therapy world where we really focused on self of the therapist um, and said, you know, I'm going to be leading a school. Um, and so all of that work that that kind of came out of leadership was um, really the the principle, the, the, the self woven into the leader. Um, and then at the at the base of that is how to relate to people and how to create community. Um, I ran a Catholic school. Um, so I would say um, that you are look. you're building, it's more of a family. You're looking to build a family or build a community, relate to the community, relate to the kids, the families. Um, and so I did feel a great, a deep sense of belonging in my community um, as a principal, um, because I think we were all focused on this, this resonance. And again, this is Annie McKee's work of resonant leadership. Um, that, and it's interesting that, you know, use the word resonance and I'm a musician. Right. Um, <laughs> that. Yep. So if you can, the, the, the idea is if you can get people to resonate with the vision and mission um, and have this, I guess, experience, um, everyone feels what I would connect to people feel like they belong. Um, in my experience, they feel like they belong. They feel like they're a part of something that's, that's bigger than them. And that also they have buy-in with that they want to be a part of. Um, so I did feel very connected, um, to, to that role, um, as in leading a community and the students and the families and the teachers as well. I love resonance because resonance is something that you feel, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it is. it's more than just, you know, you fit in with people because you have similar interests. So it's, it's, it's an experience. It's yeah. a whole experience. Yeah. All the mm -hmm. things. I love that. Yeah. Um, so we're jumping around. I'm trying to decide where to go. Cause I have, <laughs> I have like 50 questions in my head. So I'm trying to organize them. Um, I'm going to steal one of your questions, Brian, if you don't mind. Cause okay, I'm really, ahead. I'm really curious, Christine, you, so beautifully described sort of this idea of, you know, being in a performance or singing with even with someone else. And what I'm really curious about is Brian and I have just started to scratch the surface on sort of thinking about belonging to self, right? Because Maya Angelou talks about how that's the most important piece, right? Belonging everywhere and nowhere, belonging to self. That's true belonging. And so what it made, what I was imagining when I was, imagining you performing is there's an audience and I'm, I'm imagining you in this big, huge place, like big audience. And it's not possible in the ways we sort of every day connect to people to connect with each audience member. So what I was wondering about, and I promise I'm going somewhere with this. What I'm wondering about is you walk on that stage with a willingness to express vulnerability. The assumption I'm making is that you almost have a container of belonging to self. Can you talk, can you talk me through and, and talking me through is you're wrong, Carrie, it's this, you're right, but it's this, like what resonates, what doesn't that, that's just what was coming up. This idea of like, you're carrying this true belonging with you in order to do that work. And I'm just wondering just, yeah, I'm yeah, fascinated just, by the thought. I appreciate the thoughtfulness around this observation and question. So if I could, yes. So if I'm in front of an audience and I have, you know, done some actually work on this is, is, and, and done some writing and um, studying on 
um, the connection between the performer and the audience and how you've established this connection. Um, and um, I think the idea of a container is interesting. Um, I think it's instead of, I guess, the, instead of using the visual of a container, it's more like a wide open, it's like maybe a container with the lid wide open mm. um, because you're really sharing back and forth. If it's contained, I think that the message can get lost. Um, and the more it is true, the more you belong to, with yourself, the better you know yourself. Like we, and this is really interesting. People say like, you know, to if you're going to be a psychotherapist and practice psychotherapy, you have to be on this earth a little bit long before you can kind of really understand like the meaning of life. And we say that about big opera performances too. Mm -hmm. um, just really to get into the roles or get into the music or really just have some life experience. That's not to say you can't do it. You can, but I just think that also changes over time. Um, the more that you go through and work on yourself, mm -hmm. um, learn and experience, um, the more you have to give back, the more experiences you have, um, the, the relationships and performances I had when I was, you know, in my teens and then twenties and, you know, in 30, in my thirties now it's, or late thirties at this point, um, it's, it, I can see the evolution of how I've evolved within myself, um, mm -hmm. and learn to, I guess what I think, and I would also call it like self-love, um, mm -hmm. really learn to love the, the pieces of myself that I might not like, or, mm -hmm. um, maybe the pieces that other people didn't like that I had to learn to love anyway, because I love them, you know, <laughs> so very, very systems of you to talk very about the pieces and parts of you. <laughs> that was not lost on me. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, um, I, I do appreciate the systems, uh, notice, um, that I would say too this, although my background seems eclectic, um, music is really a system. Um, understanding how, because my degree is in marriage and family therapy, it's a systems degree and it's thinking systemically. My doctorate is in leadership and organizational leadership, another system. Mm -hmm. um, so I do think that that is another, if I'm connecting this back to belonging, it's always about who am I, who am I in relationship to others? How do I show up in other people? How do other people show up in me? Um, and that I take that with, that's the lens I use professionally and personally. Yeah. All right. Well, Carrie took one of my questions. I guess I can take one of hers because <laughs> we're playing that way today. Yes. Um, I'm curious because I we've heard a lot about what, how it works for you when things are going well. So when you have that belonging and you have that comfort, security, sort of permission to be vulnerable and to put yourself out there as a performer and then to connect with your clients. What does it look like, Christine, when belonging is missing? Mm -hmm. Professionally, it's not a fit. If I don't belong, I'm not going to be okay. Um, and I will have to find, I, I know that about myself, that if it's not a fit, that I won't be my best self. I won't be able to give of myself to the organization or to really whoever I'm working with. If it's not a fit, it's not a fit. Um, and I do think that I I, I, I notice that I experience emotions of sadness or feeling lost. Um, and I don't necessarily at this point, I can use it as information to do my own therapeutic work or whatever I'm doing. Um, talk to, talk to friends, but I will find myself going back to pe to people who I do 
have a secure attachment with, or I do have, I've had, I have lifelong friends from age like five. Um, and they, I have just, I've had them with me for my whole life. And really every friend that has come along to ends up to be a, a pretty significant relationship. It's just how I am. Um, I have pretty deep relationships with people. Um, and so I would, I go back to the, I go back to my secure network, my family, my friends, um, and then once I start to like perk up again, then I realize like what I have to do to feel like I belong. Um, but I don't like to be in a situation where I'm feeling depressed or off or, um, so I do what I can to not feel that way. That makes sense. Oh yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So sadness and, <laughs> and loss. And when you can identify those things mm-hmm. in a circumstance, cause you've had that training and that experience to be able to reflect. Mm-hmm on what you're feeling and why, then sounds like you can make some changes, which is the perfect segue to ask what strategies and approaches do you use to cultivate belonging in your relationships? Mm-hmm. I genuinely like to share time with people, whether that be a chat for a coffee or just time together. Um, I also genuinely like to make space for people so that they feel like they belong, whether that be in my private practice, with my students, with my colleagues. Um, it is, it is genuine. And maybe it's because I have, maybe this is all a projection because I have the need <laughs> to belong so much. I want other people to feel like they belong. And if, if I'm working with them, I do take some responsibility for making them feel like they have a place, like their dreams and, and visions and whatever they want are heard. Um, and so that is very important to me. Um, but again, now I'm just realizing this could be just because I really need it. So I feel like I have to give it to others. <laughs> I don't know. I'll reflect on that though more. Well, I mean, we've been talking about belonging for a couple of years on this podcast. And I think one thing that it's clear is that everybody needs it. So <laughs> yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. Mm, so, I, yeah. I'm so, I'm just like processing and I'm, I'm quietly processing all this great. I'm, I have to say, and I'm going to take us in a maybe a hard right turn, but it, I promise it's related. Um, I love this. I mean, I don't know why I am surprised by this conversation because I know your background, Christine. Um, and yet I hadn't really made these really strong and beautiful connections between music and belonging and the way you've articulated. So I think that's what I'm, my brain is sort of working through, working with right now. And one thing that struck me when you were talking about, you know, the security and really I'm totally paraphrasing, but like this ability to hold space for that creativity, right? Like that vulnerability and that creativity. And I started wondering like, what would happen if we as human beings, not just in a music context, but in an everyday context, recognized the creativity and the arts and talents in everybody? Right. And so I'm just wondering, I'm thinking about like diversity, equity, inclusion work. Right. And so like, what does it look like when we're able to hold space for all those diverse talents? And I don't know any thoughts on that. It just, it just really strikes me that that's very connected in some way. Yeah. I think that, um, when I was working in the arts, I was a a creative arts, um, I worked as a like assistant director for this propel charter school. Mm -hmm in Pittsburgh. And we talked a lot about, um, like finding your passion, um, and finding you finding out what your talents are and then giving space for that. So I think the arts are just 
really equipped for that type of thing. And we, we actively do it. We actively look for it. Um, to, and, um, but I think I, when I ran a high school, I guess I also thought about that because, mm-hmm. you know, I had to lead things like math and science and that wasn't necessarily what <laughs> I had been good at doing in the past, or I think I, w- I could have been good at it. I just never try. I mean, I was doing music, so it was very focused. Um, but when I had to really learn to be fluent in science and math, um, and language arts curriculum, um, and then we were really trying to focus a high school because we had some flexibility, a seven through 12 middle school and high school around how kids belong um, and how they can, you know, find their their talent, whether it be in STEM or sports or music or the arts or whatever that was. So we did talk a lot about that. I think now that I'm in higher ed and in educational leadership, it's very focused. It's probably the focused I've ever been in my career. Um, in terms of like, we're really just developing leaders. Um, and so, yeah, I think there's a space to help them develop. Um, I'm naturally drawn to people who have an eclectic background like myself. Um, but I do think there's space that we could be thinking about that. Um, cause the leadership, I guess, is you could have so many different types of talents and backgrounds. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. So I have to think more on that. Yeah. I feel like while we have uh, Christine, Brianne, I feel like I'm picking her brain from all these perspectives that she's bringing. Cause so yeah. another question that we've been, um, really noticing, and I'm, I know this won't be any surprise to you, Christine, is that, you know, belonging really isn't an outcome. It's a dynamic process. Um, and it's also, um, subjective, right? So I, I, what I've, for me, I can only speak for me as a educator facilitator. I can't walk into a room and presume that I can make you feel like you belong, right? All I can do, what's in my control is to create the conditions that I think are important for sort of, you know, conjuring up, if you will, your sense of belonging. And so you've mentioned the two things that I really, I circled many, many times is you said security to be yourself. And the piece that I think was also important there was, and you're, you're embraced, Right. So so it's being yourself and also being embraced because we could walk into spaces and be ourselves, but not be embraced. So that wouldn't be belonging. So so in addition to those two ideas, do you notice personally or professionally other conditions that show up in spaces that really contribute to to people's sense of belonging in addition to the security and being embraced? I'm just curious. There is something, and I'm trying to uh, articulate it. It's something about a shared experience or a shared, um, I could just give an example. Um, My last name is Mahady and I met, I have, we had a family member pass away about a year ago um, and we all kind of decided that we needed to get together and be with each other more. And I can't describe the affinity or, but like when we do get together, we've been making some efforts to do this, like maybe every, you know, month or something. Um, and I dropped everything I had last night because I had a cousin come in from out of town and that, that feeling of just when everyone was together, this, like this likeness or this affinity or this, like, I know you and you know me and yeah, we might have an argument or something, but it just, it feels so great to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I can just, and I, I would say that happened with my colleagues at Loyola too. It just, mm-hmm. when, when we're together, we're working together, it just feels like this, I just really belong in this. Um, we're all working together. We're all doing something. It's, it's a vibe. It's a, um, it's a resonance. It's like something maybe psychic that happens that we can't 
I can't don't really have language for. Yeah. That's interesting because I it makes me wonder, you know, something I've noticed, and I think Brian and I have noticed is and and in coaching you do this, is this idea of sort of laying the groundwork, right? So you set the stage, you do designing relationship or norms. And I wonder if as you come into a space and say, what do we need to be here together? Right. It's it's not exactly the same as a shared experience, but I feel like maybe you're trying to again mimic that, right? That we're all sort of here to do this together in this way. And this is what we need. I don't know. And I'm just thinking it feels like a knowingness. Um, and I don't know, like not I feel like I'm moving towards some existential uh <laughs> spiritual things here, but I think there is something else here that we don't really know how to define that it's a knowingness that you you belong. There's a connection, um, that is experienced. Um, yeah, that's my best shot at that right now. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's good. Yeah. I mean, I think certainly I wonder when you said knowingness and spirituality, I was thinking like, um, you know, intuition and gut. I was listening to something the other day. I can't remember what it was. Maybe it was, um, Sonia Renee Taylor. Is it Sonia Renee Taylor? And my body is not an apology. And she was talking about how, and I'm totally paraphrasing, that your gut is like, it's the core. Like you just, it's this knowing that you said, right? You just know and you should be listening to your body. So maybe it's mm -hmm. that gut intuition knowing for sure, mm -hmm. Christine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I would agree. Yeah. I've done also some reading about the gut and how it is linked to the brain. I don't have the exact scholarship in front of me, but it's, it's out there. Yeah. This is you're interested in it, I'll, I'll pull it up. Yeah. There's the couple of books, right? There's that one that the body, the body remembers or the body doesn't forget. I forget what that book is called. Body keeps the score. Body keeps the score. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and then there's another book that's all about the gut. You're right. That I just finished reading. That was really fascinating. So yeah, there's something about our gut that's really <laughs> important to belonging. <laughs> <laughs> The microbiome of yeah, belonging. The micro <laughs> there we go. <laughs> awesome. Any other questions, Brianne, that you want to? No, I feel like we've had a great conversation. I would just want to invite Christine to add anything else that we haven't gotten to. Yeah. That, sh that you were hoping to share. No, I, I don't think I have anything to add. I think this was an interesting and um, lovely process that I went through thinking through, you know, how to uh, define belonging and across my career. And I definitely will be um, likely reflecting on this for a while because I think it's, it's really big and important. So I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. And I will say not that anybody needs me to say this or that Christine needs me to affirm this, but just as a new, her newest colleague, I will, I can tell, tell you from experience that Christine really does live what she's sharing. Um, I feel like just in the six months that we've been working together, I've, she's modeled some strategies that I've adopted in my own practice. And you're, you're the real deal there, uh, Dr. Mahady. So um, much gratitude for, for your work, for your leadership, for your, um, I don't know, just your willingness to come on and, and riff on this a little bit. And I, I will also be processing this for, for many days thinking about I feel like you've just opened up this whole other space of like music and belonging, which is really fascinating to me. Yeah, Especially, I really like it. Yeah, well, I it's interesting, Christine, because I think, you know, like 
Brianne is in the speech, right? I never remember the full formal name of your speech department. language hearing sciences. Yeah, the speech. <laughs> I never remember that. Speech I know. Language it's too many words. Science. It's too many words. Yeah. So it's really interesting for the two of you to be together because I know Brianne, I would imagine, is thinking about it from like a real speech sort of perspective. Um, so it's really cool that I know when you talk about resonance, I was like, we could talk about the anatomy, but probably not appropriate here. <laughs> That's why I said you'll, I will be completely lost, but it's a really, it's a cool connection. So anyway, all that's to say, um, much gratitude, Christine, for your time, your wisdom, your experiences. And, uh, yeah, it was good, good to chat with you. So, um, thanks everybody for listening. This has been another episode of Tell Me This. Um, please be good to each other. Be well. Oh